0: Join me, Christine Weinbrenner-Eyrick, for soulful conversations with my community of travelers, exploring the heart, the mind, and the globe. We might all agree that we are missing travel right now. These conversations highlight what tourism really means for the world. Soul of Travel honors the passion and dedication of the people making a positive impact in tourism. In each episode, you'll hear the story of industry professionals and seasoned travelers who know travel is more than a vacation. It is an opportunity for personal awareness and it is a vehicle for change. We are thought leaders, action takers, and heart-centered change makers. This is the soul of travel. Valerie Mayroot is the founder of a boutique social media consultancy helping sustainable tourism businesses create impactful social media strategies and content in order to generate leads and clients. With over a decade of experience working in social media and digital marketing for companies around the world, Valerie is an expert at creating impactful social media strategies, building digital communities, and maximizing opportunities for tourism businesses online. We begin our conversation with her personal and professional journey over the last 12 months and how she got quiet to hear how she really wanted to show up in the world. This reflection directed her focus on sustainable tourism and helps her to amplify the voices of creators in a way that feels aligned with her personal values. We chat about social media, sustainable travel, and combining your passions and talents to create your dream career. She shares tips for creating more authentic engagement that you can put into place in your business right now, as well as offering guidance on how to create social media content aligned with your brand values that feels authentic. I really enjoyed this conversation and learned so much, and I know that you will too. Join me now for my soulful conversation with Valerie Merut. Good morning. Welcome to Soul of Travel. I'm really excited today to be sitting down with Valerie Merut from, um, you're based in England right now, and to be talking about um, social media particularly geared towards um, tourism businesses and sustainable travel, which um, for me, I was so excited to think that there are people that specifically focused in um, social media promotion. So that was really great. And we connected through the magic of, um, of the internet, of Instagram, actually, and um, have a, a few colleagues in common around the world that kind of, I think, engaged our algorithms to to create that connection. And I don't know how that works, but you certainly do. But either way, I'm really grateful. I won the opportunity to have you do an Instagram audit for Lotus Sojourns. I learned so much through that process and it was really exciting and broke down some of the fears and discomfort I had because I didn't really know what I was doing. I kind of just jumped in like I think many business owners knowing it's a platform we're supposed to be on, but we don't really know what we're doing. Um, So I think in our conversation today, we'll get a little bit into that, as well as talking about how you did land in this kind of niche area um, with your career. And um, so first off, I just want to welcome you to this conversation and give you a moment to introduce yourself and share a little bit of your background, and then we'll go from there.
1: Thank you. Well, first of all, thanks so much for having me. Um, I've been excited to continue the conversation we started last year when we were talking travel experiences, managing a business, and and marketing a tourism business on social media. So thank you for the opportunity to dig into this deeper. And I really hope that this conversation will be insightful for your community. Um, A little bit of background about me. So I'm originally from France, but like you mentioned, living in England, it's been about a decade or so now living the expat life, it's funny how crazy fast it goes. Um, I came initially to do a master's degree which I did obtain, I graduated and then I decided to stick around as the career prospects were better in England than in my home country um, at the time. I actually didn't start my career in tourism straight away, I had a bit of a side project going on when I was still at university which was this forum and sort of networking site for young adults looking for travel opportunities, whether that was through studying abroad, working abroad, volunteering, and I was creating experiences I thought look interesting. Looking back, I would do things very differently now because I know a lot more than I did at the time. But I would also do a lot of interviews with tourism businesses and people who were traveling so that they could share their experience with my community and hopefully encourage more people to travel, which is something that is extremely important to me. And it was purely a passion project. I never benefited from it in any way, aside perhaps from in terms of fulfillment. On the side, career-wise, I worked my way up from being a social media intern for Gabrielle Bernstein. I don't know if you know her. She is this multiple uh, self-help book bestselling author. Um, And then then I worked for a global brand, uh, working my way to managing and heading up all of their social media, digital marketing and e-commerce. From there, I then swapped eventually to travel finally, my real passion, which was there all along. And I joined Mason Rose, which is a sales PR and um, marketing agency specialized in luxury travel, hospitality and wellness. And I headed up their social media division advising their clients on how to use social media marketing to market their properties, their travel services, etc. And then eventually last year, um, I set up my own social media consultancy, more or less as the pandemic started, and as you uh, mentioned in the intro, I focus on helping sustainable tourism businesses in particular. And I help them with creating impactful social media content and strategies so that they can share their story, attract their target audience, which is usually conscious travelers, and ultimately get bookings. And I decided to focus on sustainable tourism in particular because I was taught from a young age to travel responsibly, although that was never quite packaged in that way when I was younger. Um, but as I started learning about sustainability and how to be a sustainable traveler, I just found myself gravitating towards the companies that would that could allow that could help me to achieve that. And obviously that's what I was interested in. And so when I thought of what I wanted to contribute to the industry and the kind of messages I wanted to help amplify, which is really what social media is about, then this the decision just happened quite organically and it's been fantastic to work with so many incredible businesses so far. I'm really proud of the work that we do and that I'm able to help them have an impact.
0: Thank you for walking us through that. It's always so interesting to hear how people get to where they are Um, and also that we both kind of started new businesses right as the time that tourism shut down which has been a really unique circumstance um I my my uh, Lotus Sojourns I had my one year anniversary on March 10th last year which I had spent most of that year kind of like building my brand and networking and connecting and then my full first full year of trips that I was guiding would have been last year I had one in, in 2019 and um Yes, to just kind of like have that big hurrah and, you know, and then all of a sudden just have everything taken out from underneath you is such a weird experience that I don't think, um, you know, a lot of people have had, you know, there are people that are more established, but not necessarily like right out of the gates, just like, Oh, just kidding. Travel doesn't exist anymore right now. But you also have to keep going because it will exist at some unknown point in the future in some unknown way. (laughs) So it's been such an interesting journey. And one that I'm really grateful for really, because soul of travel came out of that and these connections and conversations, which I think were really important to have regardless of this time period or not. Um, and I know for you, um, I actually I just saw on Instagram because I follow you now. I really love following your page. It always makes me so happy and you provide valuable information, but it always just makes me feel good. So people who um, want to be inspired should be following it. But um, you shared today that you were looking back, reflecting 12 months ago. And as I just mentioned, you know, we kind of had this similar experience, but also, you know, you were, you're living, as you said, in, in England and your family is in France and the borders started closing down and lockdown started happening. And you had a lot of things that started happening in your life because of that. And also we're sitting in that moment of burnout in your career. So I was just wondering for our listeners, if you could share, because I think that is a journey that we can really relate to and sharing how you got through that would be really valuable to everyone.
1: Yeah. I mean, in in the months leading up to the pandemic, it was a really a really tough time for me. I was burning out from the job I was in, which by all means was a fantastic job and I still actually consult for uh for that agency. But I was at this point where I felt like what I was doing wasn't quite aligned with who I was as a person and what I wanted to do in my life and the impact that I wanted to have. So I was feeling a bit lost on that level. And I desperately wanted to have a break. But at the same time, I was about to get married and about to go on my honeymoon. And then the pandemic hit. I saw every border shutting down one by one. England was one of the last few ones. I saw uh, the French borders close and then eventually it got to us and in the space of a week I lost my job because obviously no hotels no travel so the agency had to do a big round of um of laying offs, and then obviously I had to postpone the wedding and I had to postpone the honeymoon and that was definitely a lot but I mean it did give me the break I needed to think things through I didn't set up my business straight after I took a good two or three months to just kind of think about what I wanted to do because I needed to put things in order in my mind anyway and then I just I got started and I think what I what got me straight away is that everyone in the industry was so supportive um and just very willing to have conversations and you know I wasn't like aggressively trying to sell anything because I knew obviously that it was a very tough situation for everyone so I really came at it from a human perspective and that kept me going and um, that helped me to build a lot of relationships as well. So I think the human element was so important, taking that break to reflect and then build relationships and try and find things that align with who I am and what I want to do. And then it kind of flew from there. It's been going really, really well.
0: I, I feel like a lot of people in, in the space of travel have had that same moment of reflection and then really coming back to our why and, and remembering why we got into this industry in the first place. Because... It often starts from this passion and this place of love and wanting to create like global community and to show other people the world and you know an experience that we had that inspired us and then as you create a business sometimes the business aspect takes over and while you always have a mission statement and a why like you're connected to it might dissipate a little bit and so I feel like people really fell back into that space of like, okay, I mean, this is a do or die moment. So I either really need to know why I'm doing this or I need to stop. And so um, I have loved, like you said, seeing how everybody has come together and really um, I feel like it's the most connected this industry has ever been, which seems so weird because normally we see each other all around the world traveling And we're like literally just stuck in our homes and yet the connection has come from it. So I think um, it has just been such a magic time. And so I love that that's where this kind of happened for you to be able to sit and reflect and then say like, this is what I love. And now I can paint that picture because we've all got this blank slate. So why not intentionally create like what we wanna live out of this moment?
1: yeah do you remember what i said the last time we spoke i said like i felt like i had been handed this different set of cards that i could like completely different life you can start from scratch what do you want to do it felt like that and i mean for sure it's daunting and it's very stressful but when else are you going to have an opportunity like that to with the universe kind of pushing you to make a decision as to what you want to do and i'm a huge believer that and it's not that in no way it's not there to explain the pandemic, but I'm. I like to think that sometimes the universe does for you what you cannot do, what you cannot do for yourself. And so I think you know I would have stayed trapped for quite a while because I'm very risk averse myself. I'm a total type A. I have always worked really, really hard and dedicated myself 100% to what I do. But for that reason, I hate letting people down, and I don't think I would have ever left or changed anything unless this had happened so i just chose to embrace it and i think that's the only thing you can do really because uh, there's no point being miserable yeah
0: i i think that is something people can really resonate with is that we we do get comfortable and it feels very scary to say i'm going to leave the safety of you know a income and benefits and all the security and just like chase a dream, whether it's travel or whether it's any other dream. Um, and yet I have seen it in so many people that when you kind of take that jump, um, the universe is like, yes, like I've been waiting for you to take that jump. And some of us need nudge harder. (laughs) And, um, and I felt the same way about soul of travel, I would have never done this one, I would have been too busy, because I would have been leading all of these trips and really trying to keep that going in the direction I wanted it to go. And yet, I feel like this is going to make everything moving forward so much more rich and valuable so yeah it's just interesting to see how that works and then um, when we really come from our heart and from this space of dreams what that looks like for us and for everyone who we come into contact with
1: Mm, definitely funny how it works but I, I completely I mean I think If things are flowing in the right direction, things are happening, it's always a good sign that you should keep on going. When something is not working out, it's usually either not the right time or there's something that's not quite aligned. That's something I really believe in and that I use even to make decisions. There's opportunities that came my way that I just felt very icky about and I ended up saying no because I think that's how you know whether something is right or not and which direction to take and you just have to I mean, I'm not like a very woo person, but I do I do follow my intuition and um it's it's always served me well and i believe that when people listen to it usually does for them as well Mm -hmm.
0: yeah i agree and that can be hard to do and especially as a new business um sometimes it comes with here's a client that might provide a big income and so again we're like oh that's that stability that's that muscle that we're used to flexing but then like you said you might get that gut instinct or that feeling where you're like it just doesn't feel right and it's hard to say no. but I think it's great to share that because a lot of times the minute you say no, it's again, it's like the universe, universe testing you and saying, remember how it felt when you had this, this job and this income and all these things that are the conventional measures of success. And then your soul is like, but like happy, remember happy. <laughs> and that's harder sometimes <laughs> to say yes to that.
1: <laughs> that's such a good reminder. And I love that you mentioned the conventional uh, idea that people have of success, I think. I mean, I've battled with that from my very early 20s. I mean, I'm now in my 30s, but early 20s, all I could see was people working in corporate. And I knew back then already that that this wasn't probably going to be right for me, that I would need something more, like in terms of something that's a bit bit more fulfilling. Uh, That's totally a millennial thing to say, I think, (laughs) because... millennials want fulfillment in general so i'm poking fun at myself on that one but um yeah, I think I, I I battled with that and I did go into corporate and didn't try to do anything by myself because I didn't know any different. But I think we're very lucky that the situation has changed. There's so many digital nomads, people starting their careers, um, their own businesses. And because of the internet, including social media, you have exposure to so many inspiring people to kind of help you take that step. So it's now easier than ever before. And it's great that we can show people there's different ways of being successful. And it doesn't have to be Uh, You have to be a doctor or a lawyer. You have to have a corporate job and a house with a white picket fence fence around. Like there's so many other ways of being successful and feeling happy. And I'm so glad that this is out in the world because I needed this probably years ago, but I got there in the end.
0: Yeah, I agree. I was very much the same. Like starting in high school, like what classes do I take? What extracurricular so I can build my resume so I can get scholarships, so I can go to the university so that I can get the job. I'm like, wow, I was never not... Checking the right boxes, and then all of a sudden, I just was like, nothing feels right. I plummeted for a moment in college, even where I just started all of a sudden going from straight A's to bad grades, and it was just the beginning of the resistance to that notion of this is what you should be doing. Um, so again, for anybody listening, if that strikes a nerve, like listen to it because even though sometimes walking through that is really hard I I mean I don't know anyone on the other side of that journey who's been like oh it wasn't worth it (laughs) like it's it seems as though like when you really have that strong of an awareness and that like loud cry that it's what you need to be doing it doesn't mean it'll be easy but it just will feel better
1: and it's not I mean there's I think it's important to say as well there's absolutely nothing wrong with corporate or the other idea that we're talking about success I think there's different seasons in life as well and it's not to say that when you're at a later stage in your life you want something different and I think that's why it's so important to kind of go with whatever it is that your soul that you're thinking you want right now because that might be different later on so it's just kind of looking at this as like yeah almost seasons in life and if this is what you feel like you need to do right now do it right now because it's not your forever it's just your right now
0: yeah and that's a hard notion too because a lot of people think everything is a forever like every choice is a final choice Um, so that's a different shift in thinking and I also think that you know our systems kind of create people to go into that like corporate trajectory Um, and I'm hoping that it'll like go back to a space where we like grow artists and we grow thought leaders instead of just the one path. Um, Because it is really well suited, like certain people are meant for all the different things. And so we need all of the pieces. I just think for for a long time, we've kind of stifled these other Areas, and so that's why there's so many of us that have that had that feeling of like this just isn't for me because there's really been one path pre- presented as the right path, and,
1: and it's really- changing. It's definitely changing. I mean, even if you look at the pandemic, for example, and how so many companies have had to work remotely and have allowed, or have, I think Facebook, for example, is one of the companies that said they would allow their employees to work remotely. And that means people can work from different locations. Say you want to work in, Croatia, who has launched this um, visa for American people if they want to work and live in Croatia so they can work for Facebook while living in Croatia. I think because people are able to live that different lifestyle, the next generations of people who'll go in the workplace will have managers who have been able to work remotely and who have been able to have a slightly different um, path, I suppose, so there'll be more openness into what's possible, that's my opinion. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's kind of, if you go back to the value of travel is seeing the world and seeing who you are in those other spaces, if you're allowed to work in the, in other cultures too, and just absorb all of that and bring it into play, I feel like the only thing that can happen is growth and, you know, new adaptions. And, um, I love the idea of thinking of more people, Having a digital workspace than not. Um, I mean, I can't even imagine what that would offer. And to think of how much healthier the workforce will be if you can say, like, I love this job. I also love to travel. Great. You just have to yeah, be in at a certain time. And as long as you can make that happen, you can be anywhere and maybe even have more flexibility than you don't have to be on at a certain time. You just have to have your tasks complete whenever they get done. There's so many things in the world that we do that it, it we again we like had this mindset of this is how it had to happen but in actuality it doesn't matter if the document gets typed up at 2 a.m east coast time or you know if you're in madrid it doesn't matter as long as it lands on the desk by the time it needs to and so i think that just in itself can create a more full and happy society when more people are given permission to kind of that exploration and and you know and again going back to what we said some people that just won't ever be what they what they want either and that's great as well it actually gives them more space to say you know i really want to be working a desk job in this location great because it's open now because all the people who didn't want that job but were taking that space yeah or doing something else so
1: that's brilliant and that's such a powerful shift and uh, yeah I'm really looking forward to seeing how that pans out once the pandemic starts to kind of ease a little bit and see how many people will keep on on doing that because I think yeah generally companies have realized how important it is to well everyone wants to retain their workforce right it's a lot more expensive to hire someone than to retain someone that you have so it's all to their advantage to allow that flexibility and people to kind of explore different ways of working so yeah exciting even if I won't necessarily be a part of it as much still exciting for the world
0: when you decided sustainability was the focus, how did, how did you get there? Like where you had worked in social media and you had worked in travel, but how did you, um, what made you go in that specific focus? You mentioned a little bit about amplifying voices and that you knew this was your chance to really, um, again, like be involved in a space that you wanted to be in and paint this picture for yourself and this experience.
1: I mean, for me, it really felt like an extension from what I had been doing so far in terms of responsible traveling. So I come from a family and I'm very lucky to have a family who loves to travel and from the age of three, I think. Um, I grew up going on camping trips and traveling to various locations, slow travel as well. We'd take three weeks here, three weeks there, a month, two weeks. Um, And the maître mot, as we say in French when we were traveling, was local. So you eat in small restaurants instead of supermarkets. You learn a few lines from the language and you talk to the the local people. You shop in uh, little artisans boutiques and things like that. So everything was very it was all about being local and interacting with the local culture. And so I feel like, and that's a big part of sustainability, obviously what you do when you're at the destination itself. And so that piece was there at this moment. And obviously over the years I've learned that there's a lot more to sustainable traveling than that from choosing where you're gonna go on holiday to booking it, how you're gonna get there, how you book it and um, and all of that. And so I feel like all my, my life really has been this uh, responsible way of traveling when I was a child and then learning about how I can be a more sustainable traveler myself. And as I mentioned earlier, when I, when it came to deciding what I wanted to focus on, I was just naturally drawn to businesses that would allow me to travel more responsibly because this is um, and more sustainably because this is what I believe in and I'm interested in. And so it was really just backing up what I believe in as a person. And while I keep on learning and becoming a more sustainable traveler, because obviously there is so much to learn. So, still doing my journey, but learning so much from uh, the clients that I work with is for sure.
0: Yeah. And I think, too, especially if you're helping brands to paint a message that's aligned with their values, it helps if you understand where they're coming from. I mean,
1: I'm their target market as well. So.
0: Yeah. That if you're their target market, then, um, it's a, an easier line of communication than just going in and hiring any firm that obviously has the skill and understands how the platforms work. But I feel like, especially in, um, sustainable travel and conscious tra- travel brands, our values are really, really important. And the storytelling and the messaging, um, like they really mean it means everything and so having someone that understands that and can help kind of pull that out of you and get that from inside the brand onto this digital format is I would think really really important
1: yeah I mean and and definitely I think that yeah it's two those type of businesses sustainable and conscious and transformational all of that functions very differently from I mean, even the expedias of this world, like the way you market each, not that Expedia is necessarily the most sustainable, but just to give you an example of like a massive business and then maybe a more smaller sustainable business, the way you market both is completely different. Um, if you try to just price pretty photo on a sustainable tourism account it's not necessarily going to work you need like you were saying to create a connection with people and it's knowing what to say and how to say it and how to create that meaningful community that eventually further down the line is going to reach to results in a in a lead and a booking um, so it's a very different way of marketing and it's maybe it's just the way i work as well for me it's very very human i i love social media but i love the human aspect of social media and so this is what i focus on a lot creating a meaningful community so that you can have an impact with them mm-hmm.
0: um yeah I, I love I have the question how do we create more meaningful content and not just add to the noise so like that's definitely um that that component is that we we really want to stand out and not just be posting for the sake of like getting a post up every every day or um yeah, like using it actually as a, as a tool for engaging with our customers and with, uh, you know, the world at large, even not doesn't even have to be someone I know for me, maybe people that will never travel with me, but maybe they will read a quote or a story that I share from my life and it impacts them in some way like that's enough like that makes me feel like the time I spent to create that was worth that time.
1: Definitely. And I mean, in terms of creating content that's different, I think authenticity in social media really comes from humanization and humanising your brand. So when you think of it, are you most more likely to listen to and connect to a logo or are you more likely to connect to someone who you know who they are, you know who's behind a brand and you've been following them for a while and you like what they put out, you think it's very... Um, interesting if it's valuable content or inspiring in some ways and then at some point to say I'm organizing this great trip in this location are you interested and that works and of course there's a way you kind of lead people to that um, but I do think the humanization is just so important because you cannot compete with the big companies uh, that are out there by doing the same strategy they have the backing of a name that's known internationally so you've got to think what is then the best way to stand out? And that's you, your stories, your values, what you stand for, and, and actually showing your face and the, t- the your, your team's face as well, because it doesn't apply to just like someone who works on their own.
0: Yeah, and I feel like that can be really hard when you come from maybe looking for a larger corporate brands to launching your own business um, and i know you and i walk through this you're like you don't need your logo on everything and i'm like but don't i because that's what we did before and that's what i was told to do and that was what felt like the right step um, so transitioning from those two spaces yeah. can be really hard and shifting your mindset and then the other thing is is Like when I launched my brand, I felt like I wanted it to look really professional and, you know, grown up and like these other big brands. And so when I first started, I was like, everything was written as third person or brand, like we at Lotus Sojourns believe blah, blah, blah. and. You know, some people were like, oh, wow, it sounds like you're this big brand. And then some people were like, well, where are you in this? This is you. Like, you are Lotus Sojourns. You're literally the only employee. And I don't know anything about you. And so then that took a lot of me deciding to be vulnerable, which we were talking about before we jumped on this call. And that's scary when you're putting it out there. Um, but then I can see that that's where people resonate. Like when I share something about me or another um, travel experience, um, that connects. And so it, it it's it's really so different, like you said, to be a bigger brand and to be this smaller boutique, sustainably driven business.
1: And for sure, I mean it's it's very hard to. Show yourself. I mean, for me as well on my Instagram, I try and show my face every day. And for someone who's an introvert, it definitely does not come easily to me. Um, but I've I've also learned how powerful that is in terms of bonding and connecting with people in a different way. So I don't always create very um vulnerable posts like the one I you mentioned earlier. Those are really hard for me, but I try and put them out um every now and then because I can see people react to it. Um but even if it's just, you know, talking about valuable content, sharing about an experience you organize or promotional content, anything like that, if it's said by someone, a face that people can see, it just resonates better. People get used to seeing you. They trust you more. And I have seen this work for my business and for my client's business as well. So I'm a huge advocate of trying to kind of go past that initial fear, because as you keep on doing it, it's it becomes a, le- a lot less scary. It takes a little bit of an adjustment phase, but then it just becomes part of something you do in your business. And especially as you get all that positive feedback from people, it just kind of carries you on.
0: Yeah, I it's definitely something I need to get better at. Although I would say I have done it a lot more the last year than I ever had. And um it is a lot easier. And even today, I remember like, as I've been doing these interviews, like where I was at the beginning, just so terrified to sit down and do this. And then today I was like, just so excited to talk to Valerie. Like I, I none of the fear and the anxiety and like, all the what if this happens? What if that happens? Like, well, either edit it out, leave it in. It's fine. It's just real. And to bring now some of that maybe into social media to even expand on, uh, like you said, allowing people to understand who I am and connect and because it's really worked for me from when we met um, originally and then following you, like I do feel like I have this really great understanding of who you are and what you offer and that I trust you because I've seen your face every day and I'm like, oh yeah, that's one of her posts. I wonder what she's sharing with me today. Oh yeah, that's a great valuable tip and and I just trust it.
1: And I think it's important as well to say here, we're not talking about sharing like everything about your personal life, if you're very strategic with what you share so that it contributes to you becoming known for whatever it is that you want to become known. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a small personal element. I mean, I can't say there's much happening for me on the personal side because the pandemic means that I'm literally at home all the time. But um yeah, it's, it's knowing exactly what you need to post in order to build that trust to showcase your expertise and knowledge because you know ultimately you want to get booking. So you need to know that you know what you're talking about and you're a legitimate business, especially for sustainable tourism businesses when there's so much greenwashing happening. Um, so it's knowing what to post to build those relationships and that trust and ultimately convert when the time is right because the delayed conversion is obviously different at this point than it was before when people could just book straight away
0: what are ways that people, I guess, if maybe you had two or three ways that people can engage more authentically, um, you said face-to-face you know, face posts, uh, storytelling, what are some other ways that people can really um, maybe put something into practice in their business if they're listening and they want to test this out and see what that feels like for them?
1: I mean, first things first, reply to every single comment and DM that you get but especially comments and I know sometimes it's difficult you just get an emoji and you're like well what am I going to respond to this but try and respond to something because it shows people that you care you want to have conversations and it's the same in your stories maybe you use the poll sticker the quiz sticker the question sticker anything that starts a conversation and then you can kind of keep it going say someone responded to your poll you could always send a direct message to the person afterwards to kind of dig deeper so i i would say the number one thing to do is to actually engage with your community and not just use the platform to post marketing messages because there is even if you pull you put a call to action at the end telling people engage with the post you know like the post etc it's not the same as when you have actual conversation so i always say it's good to spend that little bit of time to try and have those relationships and nurture those relationships. That would be my first tip. Um, Second one that people can do to engage uh, more authentically, I will say in the caption writing, what I see happen sometimes is a lot of, um, and we, we kind of touched on that earlier, is a lot of brochure type of talk where it's very corporate and it's very, it's very marketed, and so I think it's really important to read your caption as if you were talking to someone and see whether it sounds like it's something you would say in real life, or does it sound very scripted and complicated? Uh, because that becomes a lot easier for someone to read and actually interact with, and if they're reading something that sounds like it's coming out of a prospectus, that they got at a location. So that's the second tip. Um, and then third one, I would say, like we were saying, definitely the face two cam, trying to, and, and start small, it doesn't have to be too much, maybe you do a story highlight with your origin story and why you decided to create your business. Like even just doing that little highlight, even if that's the only one where we see your face, it's a good start. People will have seen you, they'll know why you've created your company, what you stand for, and then make sure at the end to send them to your other highlights and say, for example, you know you can look at some of the past trips we've organized in this highlight and you can look at this. It's almost like a start here when you go on the page uh, to direct people to then experience the the fuller accounts and uh, company.
0: I was thinking about one of my personal fears with that is that people are going to be like, I'm so sick of seeing you. And then in reality, we have to know that there's so much out there, right? We're all feeling overrun with what's available to us, that really they're not seeing it. So like, how do you, how would you navigate that fear? What advice do you have for that?
1: I have a great stat actually that will help you um, and I've experienced it a million times now so i would convert. Um, I read somewhere that people have to see something seven times before it registers with them. So someone could see you seven times and still not fully register you. They'll You'll be at the back of their mind. They'll start you know getting to know you and build that know, like and trust but they won't fully take it what you're saying and fully connect with you for this seven times and I remember, I think it was in January, I was launching this new offer, which was a 90 minute intensive where I help people to create all of their social media content for the next three months in 90 minutes. And I felt really bad because I thought I was talking about it a lot, like once or twice a week, every week, I was feeling really self-conscious about it. And then in February and March, I had several calls with people who have now become clients. And I said, but do you remember I mentioned this offer in January? And most of them say, oh yeah, I remember vaguely you talked about it, but It didn't really register, and that was the same thing. Literally, I had talked a lot about it, but no one was necessarily registering it. So I think yeah, never ever feel self self conscious that you're repeating yourself or that you're showing yourself too often, because most people will not register it. I've never had someone say you're showing yourself too much or you're talking about your offer too much. It never never happens.
0: Yeah, I I agree, and I even think about like from a consumer side how many times i see things and again because you're maybe flipping through looking for something for work or you're like oh my friend said they said this thing and i want to look at it so you like you'll like notice something for like a tenth of a second and then it's gone and then like you do that five or six more times and you're like oh i keep i have to remember that thing and then it pops up again and it's finally the time where you have five minutes to look at it and then you actually research it and you go through it and you maybe go from social media to a website or get on an email list or something like that so it takes it does I agree and I know that from a consumer standpoint but when you're the the other side of the wheel it's it just feels so uncomfortable sometimes and especially if you're a small marketing team if you're a one person business like me where you're doing it all it does feel like this has to be too much. I feel like I'm doing this all the time.
1: <laughs> I know, yeah, not at all. So, yeah, don't ever, don't ever feel bad about it. I think what's interesting as well is once you've managed to hook people and they've started noticing you, then it's like the past of the relationship is kind of open, and they'll take in a lot more, whatever it is that you say. So it's kind of getting people from passive scrollers to actually getting their attention. And once you have their attention, it's starting to create that slightly deeper connection that in time will make them want to investigate how they can travel with you specifically as they keep on learning more about you and what you do and what you stand for yeah um
0: it i yeah i just i really encourage businesses to if they haven't looked into this to to do it to to reach out whether it's to you you know to learn more however they're going to do it but um And to challenge yourself to let go of any mindsets you already have about conventional marketing or even other digital marketing um, and really try it. Because I know when I launched my Soul of Travel podcast Instagram page, I like took the little audit you did and did everything <laughs> and that page grew I mean it's still small but it grew so much faster than the page that I had done using whatever I thought I knew and hacking my way through it and um and it, and it looks different and and I did it intentionally too like I wanted to feel the same but I wanted it to have its own look so I really tried to implement a lot of those those tools that you shared with me and um yeah I mean I have to agree that it, it really seems as though, it has made a difference to do, to put those things into practice. And so just encourage people to maybe get over their fears or discomfort or whatever. And, and the other thing is not to try to master everything today.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It's, um, it's good if you can have a layering approach to things. So one of the, and I'm not trying to plug anything, but just to explain, I have a three-month uh, coaching program. And it's three months specifically because we take it one step at a time and we layer one technique over one technique. Because if you try and master, say... Even posting the right content on your feed and your stories, it becomes too much very quickly. So maybe you just start with your feed. Maybe it's just three posts per week. And then you can increase that um, to five times per week if you're trying to grow faster. And then once you've mastered that, you can move on to stories. And then you can move on to reels. And you just take it. Yeah, it's a, it's a layering approach. As always, it's too much, um, definitely. And there's nothing wrong with starting small. You can see great results from posting three times a week on your feed as long as you post the right right content so yeah don't don't try and do it all you'll overwhelm yourself and that's not the aim here at all yeah
0: and I know you said too that the consistency is is really key so whether it's three posts a week or three stories a week or whatever you're doing just to try to pick the one thing you feel comfortable with and do it consistently, and then start to add other pieces into the puzzle
1: yeah and I mean you've got to be prepared for the fact it's going to be a bit of a, t- a tough transition because instagram itself has changed a lot in this past year with really a strong focus on video so reels is what it's all about if you want to grow if you want to get more reach you have to create reels but creating video content is very hard for the majority of people um so it is definitely going to take some time to adjust from just posting travel pictures which is really I mean, in travel industry, that all I can remember ever is just beautiful travel imagery. And now it's just no longer working as well as it once did. And so you've got to open yourself to those new formats, but it's bound to be difficult to make that transition. I mean, real started, I think, in August. I don't think I really fully did them until November, December, even for me. And I work <laughs> in social media, so I would completely understand anyone really struggling to even know what to put in a reel and so that's part of what I'm able to help people them and kind of give them that little inspiration and and try and get them started because once you start doing something then it becomes easier
0: yeah and just thinking outside of the box and getting a little creative I was actually doing some research yesterday for um, a glamping trip that I'm working on putting together and was on their Instagram page and they have lots of beautiful pictures but they had a video where someone was sitting in a chair at the back of the tent and then like walked through and walked out onto the deck and then you saw what they saw. And I was like, oh, I'm in. Like it just it changed so much from seeing the beautiful picture of the tent to seeing someone journey through it and then out into what they were going to get to experience. And that made me think I was like, oh my gosh, there's so much potential. And you know, it was maybe, I don't know, 20 seconds maybe, but it, it, it really changed how I connected to that product and that experience.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, if you've ever wondered how to convey experiential through your content, video is the best way to do that. There's um, an Instagram account. I think her name is Voyage Provocateur, And all she does, we can put that in the show notes or somewhere if someone wants to have a look. But all she does is videos of hotels that she's visited and she's kind of walking from her bed to the window or she's walking um, I don't know, maybe there's an infinity pool with a beautiful view. And all she does is little videos like that. And it works so much better than any images from a lot of other accounts. You get so much engagement because you're able to convey the experience in a way that a single snapshot cannot quite convey. So it's a really powerful tool. It's, it's difficult to get on board with it. It takes more time, but it's powerful. But it goes to show as well; it can be very simple. Um, I'm sure a lot of um, of travel businesses are feeling like they haven't got any new, fresh content to share. If they've not shared videos before, and they have videos on their phone, by all means, upload them as a reel. Add some music, and that's a really good start.
0: Yeah, I I agree, and I think too, if you like, keep doing that dance between consumer and biz, you know, the business creating the content. Because I know for me, when I'm looking at something, you know. If I'm posting for my business, I wouldn't wanna necessarily say like, this is what the bedding in the hotel looks like or the bathroom, because that seems not as attractive. But as a consumer, like it's the very first thing, or if I'm scouting a property, like I go right to the bathroom because I'm thinking, okay, I'm taking 12 women on this trip. The bathroom is going to really tell a lot about the experience they're going to have, right? Because if it's really beautiful, that might feel really luxurious. Or if it's really rustic, I want to make sure that I inform the right way so that people have their expectations set and um, so the video would be a really quick way to be like, oh, my gosh, look at this British bathroom or like, oh, my gosh, how rustic and fun it's going to be to like shower under the stars or whatever. Um, but yeah, like trying to look at it from all these different ways of what what you need to convey through the social media.
1: And I think it's especially important for sustainable tourism businesses, because with the pandemic, there is this new wave of people that are suddenly becoming more conscious, but who aren't quite as advanced as people who've been into this for a lot longer. And so there's a lot of preconceptions around what sustainable travel is and say, maybe sustainable hotels. Do they think it's a bit more rustic and it's not going to be as nice as a regular hotel? And so this is or you know, is a sustainable experience, not as exciting as another experience. Like this is where video can just completely prove that untrue, you can have a fantastic experience. And maybe your real is showing some of the artisans that you're meeting with as part of a workshop that's organized um, with the local community. And just to be able to show what that looks like, it just is going to remove all of those preconceived ideas that people have and show this is actually what happens on those trips. And is this something you're interested in?
0: Yeah, and you can really provide some of that depth and richness that gets lost when you're trying to tell the story with the picture, like you just let the story yeah. show itself. And yeah, especially in travel, I think we're so set up to be able to create beautiful short videos that then, you know, if you're on a trip and you just take 20 videos, you know, you break those down into 40 videos, or I don't even know probably more that you have so much to share and it's just a different like you said, a different mindset and mapping it out and thinking it through and coming up with strategies so you know what you're after um, and how to put those into play.
1: Yeah, definitely. If you know what you're after, it then becomes a lot more simple. You just make yourself a little shoot list before you go somewhere of what you think people will resonate with and then you just know too quickly use your phone because that's the other important thing anything that is looking too professionally edited it's been proven doesn't work as well as something that looks more authentic so you don't have to worry about um, your video not looking like it's good quality enough if it's done with your phone as long as you've wiped the lens and so the video isn't blurred um, it's it's going to be good this is what people are looking for something that looks authentic that their friends could have uploaded rather than something that comes from a very nicely oiled um, marketing machine Mm -hmm. Again, it comes down to it looks too commercial. People won't resonate with it as much as if it comes more from an authentic place and from another human being. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I was just gonna say that again. Like it's another area where kind of this niche of travel is really poised to be what people are looking for, is because one, a lot of us don't have the technology, we don't have the team, we're literally are doing it on our phone. And maybe five years ago or two years ago that just wouldn't it wouldn't have worked. It's like we were we were behind the times because we didn't have that ability. And now that, that honesty and that vulnerability and those mistakes and the, you know, all the things that are kind of inherent in being a smaller business or being, um, you know, someone who just has a GoPro on them at all times, like that's going to be totally what people are looking for. So when it's, uh, almost like I was saying from transitioning from corporate onto marketing into this kind of marketing. It's like letting go of all that shininess and really just becoming real and being who we were in the first place lets us be what people are looking for and showing that why and showing our story. And um, yeah, I think it's, I'm so excited to see, like we said, kind of when we get the green light Um, what's going to happen because it's just a whole nother world.
1: And um,
0: I'm excited to see who rises up from the space that we're in now.
1: Yeah. I mean, a lot of people have risen like purely from the pandemic because of I mean, you're, I think are a perfect example because you've been so active connecting with so many people. You've really managed to build that authenticity and connection, whereas a lot of travel businesses really completely stopped posting altogether. And for them to kind of get back on people's feed, already is going to be a struggle because of the way the algorithm works. And that's why it's important that if you have been stopping like you get back onto it now. But yeah, I think everyone who tried and build those connections during the pandemic, will be already in a much better situation than someone who just stopped posting. And obviously, I I, I don't want to say obviously the situation was horrible. So completely understand that some people just felt like they couldn't post or didn't know what to post. But um, yeah, if, you know, people have to get back into it now for sure. Yeah,
0: and even if it's sharing that, which again, I think people would, um, you know, it's not like not doing it in a way that you're like telling the worst thing. That, you know, kind of like not looking away from the scene of a crime or whatever, but really being like, Hey, you know, we had to stop. We needed breathing room. Um, this is what we were experiencing. It doesn't have to be the whole life story, but here's this. And I, I think people will connect to that. And like, here's maybe the thing that I was doing homeschooling my family instead, like we were so conditioned to think it has to be again, like that pretty picture of our business. And really like we're all sitting at home doing zoom with dogs barking and kids that walk by and you know people that interrupt the call and uh, I think it's just okay now that we can be real instead of always having to be this really manufactured product or projection and
1: Mm, absolutely and I I will add one more example um, which is a really sad example when you think of it but when the pandemic hit And we had to postpone our honeymoon because we didn't cancel it. We chose to just wait until we'd be able to um, change the date. Um, I had a few people telling me, no, no, you should get your money back because maybe you'll never see it again. Like those businesses, they all want to keep the money. And I was absolutely shocked that so many people, because I heard that several times, that this was the perception people had of a travel business. Um, And so this is where if you've built a connection with people, they know who is behind the brand. You're no longer just this faceless business trying to get money from people. You're this person who is having the same experience they're having throughout this pandemic and who's trying to do Um, their best I mean travel agents spending entire days chasing refunds for clients and um, at the same time getting a lot of the stick people saying I want my refund I want my refund Mm -hmm. so I think there's a lot to say about sharing what your experience as a travel business is and opening a little bit of that up I mean obviously we don't want to become like complaints land on on Instagram but you want to open a little bit so people can see that you're affected by it as well and you're doing your best to be to do right by your clients that's the only thing you can do
0: yeah. And, and even using that as a tool for understanding, I think a lot of um, consumers, you know, they just see the the brochure, they buy the ticket, they invest their money, they go on the trip and they don't see behind the scenes of, you know, this is the, the small community that's growing, you know, the vegetables that are at the hotel that you're staying at, who now don't have an income. And so you can show, you can show the stories behind The experience and how all of these pieces are impacted and again like it's connecting people to who you are what you stand for especially in sustainable travel because we really are aware of all of these pieces and I think that's what makes us unique and so maybe that's what you say is like you know this is the guide who we normally work with and hasn't been able to work and this is part of why you know you didn't give a whole refund is because we wanted to honor that they had already committed their time to guide you on this journey and they want to guide you when you come back because they love this country and they can't wait to show it to you and like you said then people are more inclined to be like oh my gosh I didn't know that's what my money was doing.
1: But that's what a lot of people learned isn't it like a lot of them if there's one thing that good that came out of the news coverage is that there were some at least in the UK some interesting Uh, features on how people globally are being impacted by this. And I think a lot of people realize, oh, actually, yes, not every country like in the US or the UK or mainland Europe has the financial backing from a government to provide a certain level of support during the pandemic. If you live in Peru, for example, um, if there's no tourists coming, you don't get anything from the government, you know, you are you have no work. And so I think people have suddenly started to integrate throughout the pandemic, obviously not at the beginning, that it has a much wider impact. And um, yeah, there was a lot of education that needed to happen around why you should postpone versus cancel because not everyone needed to cancel you know if you're able to kind of stay without that money for a few months or even a year because a lot of bookings rolled on to the next year then that's a good thing to do and i think yeah it's just it's just educating people and remembering people don't fundamentally they're not you know they don't want to cause any trouble but they don't necessarily know all the reasons behind it and um yeah I think it's just very important for a travel business to educate um in a non-patronizing way but open up and educate so that people have a better understanding of the impact of their choices
0: yeah and and I think we're um we we were doing it from a space of like a best interest and love and storytelling and magic and I think when you can do it from that way it does come across as just sharing the story Uh, for instance I've been working with the organization in Peru that helps me to create my experiences and i launched a brand called lotus communities and so ten dollars from every shirt goes to an organization in a destination that helps me create a sojourn because i didn't it's you know it's not a lot but it's something i can do to create a connection to that destination to help tell their story and then to contribute economically when we're not traveling and um it's been really interesting for people to kind of peek behind the window because maybe they would just see me talking to that person in Peru and know they're helping me facilitate the trip, but they maybe didn't fully understand that they're a nonprofit that you know, during this pandemic has served 700,000 meals to people that have lost their income. And um, yeah, I think there's just room for education, connection and, and bringing, like we were saying at the very beginning, like the, the closest we've ever been as a global community has been, I think, while we've not been together. And so I just think it's a great time to be able to use social media in that way, and not just as this kind of hard-fast marketing tool.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's a perfect summary—a mix of um, educational, valuable content, inspirational. Connection driven and a little bit of promotional in between. I mean, promotional should only be ever a tiny portion of what you talk about anyway. But it's really, yeah, it's no longer just post pretty photos. You've got really three types of content that are going to get people to come back to your page and at some point convert. And I mean, there have been conversions happening throughout the pandemic as well. I think it's important for people to know, not to make them feel bad if they haven't seen any, but just to say that. People are so willing and desperate to travel that they are booking. Um, So yes, of course, you're not looking at the same levels of bookings as you were before, but there are still ways to earn money during the pandemic um, with very, very um, excited travelers. I'm one of them. (laughs) I cannot Yeah, (laughs) me too.
0: Well, um, thank you so much. I feel like I learned so much during this conversation and um, I, I just have loved looking at social media marketing from a different perspective because like I said when we first met is something I was completely foreign to me and and it's really great when you align it with your values to allow it to be a positive tool and not to be something that is just feels like you're checking off a box so yeah
1: exactly and I mean it'll never be something that you want to do if it's not Yeah, you've got to connect it like you were saying to your value so it's not just something else on the checklist but something you're actually looking forward to i'm sure you love seeing the comments. And the messages that you get from your Community and that's something that keeps you going, even when sometimes it feels a bit much having to create all the content.
0: yeah well um, two things before we wrap up Um, the. The last will be some kind of rapid fire questions so the audience can get to know you as a traveler and just kind of have some fun at the end of the the discussion. But before that, um, for other sustainable travel brands who might be interested in um, doing an Instagram audit or creating a social media strategy for their business, how can they connect with you to learn more about the services that you offer?
1: Yeah, I'll say Instagram. You'll find me at uh, Valerie Maru and we'll put that in in the show notes. Just send me a DM with what you're looking for specifically and um, we'll have a conversation from there.
0: Yeah, and definitely I would say follow you because it's so fun. I've learned so much and I'm not brave enough to try some of the things that you do yet, but I'm looking forward to the days that I am. <laughs> um, okay, so the rapid fire just kind of, they're not necessarily like rapid answer, but the first thing that comes okay. to your mind and some fun things to share. I
1: like so. things like that, let's do it. <laughs> okay,
0: um, what is your favorite book or movie that offers you a travel escape or in- inspires you to adventure, especially right now? <laughs>
1: um did you say a book or a film
0: both either
1: both um the talented mr replay replay mm. replay i don't know how you pronounce it Was yes. matt damon it's set in ischia in italy which is just next to the amalfi coast it looks like the amalfi coast but it's not the amalfi coast I saw, actually it's a good choice if you're trying to go away from the crowded amalfi coast look at that place instead that instantly makes me want to go to italy every single time
0: Yeah, I remember how beautiful that movie was. Um, What is always in your suitcase when you travel?
1: Uh, A Journal. I always like to write down at the end of each day what I've seen that I want to remember. Um, Any experiences, any phrases that I hear from the locals. Um, I'm really big on having conversation with the locals, not necessarily as part of organized tours, just talking to people. And I always write little anecdotes or things people have said that I want to remember or to share with other um, travellers when I come when I come home.
0: Uh, what is your favourite destination that you've travelled to?
1: Oh gosh, it's impossible. Um, I I am going to say Japan. I really want to go back to Japan. I feel like I've only just scratched the surface. So. Yeah. Wonderful people. Just so, so friendly. Um, Great food. I love Japanese food Um, and really fascinating culture because it's so completely opposed to, obviously, our own culture or Westernized culture. So probably Japan. Yeah. Um,
0: And where do you still long to visit that you haven't traveled to?
1: Mexico, which is where I was supposed to go on my honeymoon. Uh, We're going to do the whole Yucatan Peninsula, moving to lots of different villages and places all around. So that will be, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping I can go in November this year. If not, i will have to be for early next year.
0: Okay, excellent. Reach out to me before you go, Yucatan. I love, and I have some great connections if you need a few more things to fill in.
1: Amazing, <laughs> thank you. Yes, I will definitely take you up on that.
0: <laughs> and what do you eat that immediately connects you to a place that you've traveled? Uh,
1: that's a great question. I, I have something with Spanish food, so and it, whenever I do pay at home or have a pay here, I have a Spanish restaurant just down the street from where I live, that always connects me back. Um, I went a lot as a kid with my parents, so we did three weeks in Andalusia, we did all of the coast where Barcelona is, I've done Madrid, um, and lots of places, Costa Brava, and all of that, and every single time I have Spanish food, it just reminds me of those um, holidays as a child.
0: I can't wait to eat my way through spain
1: i uh, (laughs) I don't know food is delicious i could just eat spanish food all day as well i mean i can i can eat anything all day i that's one of the reasons why i love to travel i'm a total foodie and being french obviously food is such a big part of um how i plan my day so whenever i go somewhere i have those list of all those little little local restaurants where i want to eat and all the local food i want to try so yeah definitely
0: Uh, who was the person that inspired or encouraged you to set out and explore the world?
1: Um, Probably my parents by allowing me to see the world from a young age and I don't think they ever encouraged me. In fact when I moved to LA for a little bit they they were definitely against me trying to move to LA or to move to England when I then came to do my master's degree here but just in terms of who opened my eyes to the fact that there was a whole world outside of my little bubble, definitely my family, so my parents. If you
0: could take an adventure with one person, fictional or real, past or alive, who would it be?
1: (laughs) Can I take two? I want to take the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu because I'm reading their book on happiness at the moment. And they have such a great connection, the way they interact in the book together, and just obviously so much wisdom. So I would love to travel with the both of them.
0: Oh, gosh, that would be talk about transformational travel how
1: enlightening would that be and they just seem really fun at the same time as well not taking themselves too seriously so i think that would be a really great experience
0: yeah i love that because you get to experience the really humane side of people that we sometimes idolize and forget about who they are as actual people and i think that's what travel offers us a lot too is that glimpse of humanity that we
1: too. So and it's a great book to read considering all the uncertainty at the moment because there's the whole section about how to handle when things go wrong. So lots of really that's why I started reading it. Someone told me it's a really good one to read now. And so yeah, definitely recommends good read. Excellent.
0: Well thank you so much for this time today. I really enjoyed it and I'm so grateful for this connection and um, for anyone that listen today. Um, I hope you'll just share what resonated with you and reach out if you need what um, what Valerie is offering and uh, to help get your brand connected to the right customers in the future.
1: Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, if, there's, if you want to send me a direct message, anything that resonated with you uh, from the conversation, let me know. And um, yeah, thank you again for having me. I really enjoyed this conversation.
0: Thank you for listening to Soul of Travel. I hope you enjoyed the journey. If this sounds like your community, welcome. I'm so happy to connect with you. You can find more about the ways you can be a part of the Soul of Travel and Lotus Sojourn community at www.lotussojourns.com. Here you can find out more about Soul of Travel and my guests. You can also find the Lotus Sojourns I Guide for Women, as well as my current book, Sojourn, offering an opportunity to explore your heart, mind, and the world through the pages of books specially selected to create a unique journey. You can find me on Facebook at Lotus Sojourns and join our community, the Lotus Sojourns Collective, or follow me on Instagram, either at Lotus Sojourns or Soul of Travel Podcast. Join the Lotus Sojourn's mailing list. I look forward to getting to know you and hopefully hear your story.